it's tough to be like, where can I find inspiration? You know, it's like, does it come from thin air? But I think it comes from loving what you're creating, like really feeling like there is a, like a purpose. And maybe that then it comes back down to like finding what the purpose is for you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Jessie Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at sapiotextual and at jessiesage.com. And I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. Just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast on Apple, please leave us a five-star rating and review because it really helps us to grow as a podcast and better share information from our guests to the sex work community as a whole. Last but not least, if you want to support the podcast, please go to anchor.fm forward slash horizon spelled W-H-O-R-I-Z-O-N to become a premium subscriber of On the Horizon, which unlocks two bonus episodes on the 8th and 22nd of each month with tons of extra exclusive footage from ourselves and our guests. This episode of On the Horizon is sponsored by DMCA Force. DMCA Force is the authorized DMC agent for the largest online creators and the platforms that they monetize. DMCA Force protects models, musicians, writers, videographers, artists, and tons of other creatives publishing their works online. With DMCA Force, you get 24-7 automated monitoring, flagging, and removal of stolen and pirated content. They use metadata and keywords relating to your work in collaboration with search engines to remove even the 10 to 15% of content on ghost sites that can't typically be scrubbed from the internet. They even offer the ability to fingerprint content and digitally watermark it as an added layer of security to protect the art you work so hard creating. Join DMCA Force today. Hello, and welcome back to On the Horizon. Welcome. We are talking today about media production. Yes, and I, I love this topic because I am a content creator. Um, but this is this we've got awesome guests for this. I, yeah, I was going to say, I it, this is so funny because I was a content creator for like years. Mm-hmm. I still dabble in content creation. And but I'm like a spoiled bitch because <laughs> I don't do any of my own camera stuff. So when you see polished Jesse Sage, <laughs> there's an operation behind it. And so like, it's so funny because sometimes I'll have people be like, oh, what camera do you use? And and I'm like texting my husband and I'm what like, do do? what do we do? What camera do we use? Which is funny because you know now because yeah. you're like, oh, the, the tech behind oh, everything yeah. is not Jesse. Yes, yes, yes. I'm quite familiar. <laughs> but that's what's kind of unique about the way we set up this episode is that both of our mm. guests are, uh, they self-produce content. Yeah. Which uh, that obviously resonates with me because that's my experience. I have a husband who's super good at this but i don't let him in the room yeah um, well so, there's lots of reasons for yes, that yes um but our first guest is joey kim who is someone i've been inspired by and really admired um throughout the very beginning of my webcam mm-hmm. career 10 years ago so getting to actually speak with her about the way she produces content and also her interview went in a direction i didn't expect really about yeah the the productivity angle and the burnout angle which was really really and great the, the art and inspiration and i love talking about like I'm less of a content creator and more and like in in the ter- in terms of like 
visual visual uh, content, but I'm a writer. And so like, I can relate to um, what Joey Kim is talking about in terms of like inspiration and artistic quality and things like that um, from that perspective. So that was like really cool to me. And I have to say like, I have a little bit of a crush on B on B York because <laughs> she, so I, I had to like reach out to her because I love seeing like plus size, um, like beautiful curvy women, yeah. like just shredding their stuff because, um, because we have similar bodies. And so like seeing other, um, like plus size models, like I love that. Yeah, so no. it was cool to hear, um, like how she does all of yeah, her and stuff. Yeah, she really got into like the nitty gritty of like the structure of yeah. her business and yeah. like how she sets things up and what her process is and what a day in the life looks like, which is great to hear mm-hmm. because it kind of, you resonate and draw draw from your own experience and it's like well oh I do that too or oh I never thought about doing it that way so there's a lot of insight yeah. for especially new creators listening to this episode like this could be really useful for y'all yeah yeah totally um, yeah so it was fun it's neat to hear like people whatever kind of uh, products you produce yeah. podcasts mm-hmm. uh, videos uh, porn still yes. sets yes. books whatever you're doing like it's neat to talk to other creators about like how they go about their process yes and how they cultivate creativity Yeah. Okay. So let's go to it. Loomis is free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric. Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their platform, Trist.link, is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It is free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language, to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel encouraged and supported instead of policed. Joey Kim is a globe-trotting Asian-American erotic film producer, photographer, burlesque dancer, and model. Since the debut of our first live stream show in 2010, Kim's movies and performances have been cited as nothing the porn industry has ever seen before in the Huffington Post. Well, welcome, Joey Kim, to On the Horizon. We're super excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This is great because Jesse hasn't met you yet. Properly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy to talk to you for the Me first too. time. Are yes. you going to be at Expos? No, I will not be. I'm actually going to be in oh, Spain for uh, like maybe another year or so, trying to get my residency oh. here. <laughs> yes. Nice. She travels like crazy. She is wow. like a world traveler. Nice. Yes. So you're trying to live in Spain yes. permanently? I mean, I would. I've been in the EU. I actually lived in Russia before this for like over a year. And then now I've been here in Spain and I really want to get my residency here. So because like I'm I'm I know I'm like very lucky to be like born in America where like I have a passport that Mm. allows me to go to so many different places. But, you know, I still have my limitations as a like Mm non-citizen between each country. And I, I just like fell in love with the EU and so many different parts Mm. of it. And in Spain, especially, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm at home here. Everyone is, is so open with their, with, you know, nudity and just like, mm-hmm. and just like the topic of sex in general. And I noticed that actually in Europe mm. in general, like 
in Prague, yeah. there was like a, yeah. a sex shop in every corner, and I was like in sex ads yeah. and. <laughs> It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, we yeah. forget like how like living here, I think, I mean, as sex workers, we don't forget, but like, it's easy to forget like how repressive our yeah. culture is. Yes. Yeah. It's and- funny that you landed on Spain too, because when I was in Spain, I felt very at home as well. And I, that was the first thing that stood out. Like it's a very warm city. Everyone's super welcoming. Yeah. And then sex and sexuality is very celebrated. Mm. It's beautiful. That would be so nice. <laughs> well, if you ever want to come visit me, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to really have you on for this episode because ever since I stepped foot into the you know webcam mm-hmm. arena, you were someone I very much idolized because your content creation for someone that self shoots and self produces is bar none. Like it is impressive. So I wanted to know if you could kind of speak to like how you started, you know, self shooting and and what got you involved and what that journey was kind of like. Um, so I've always, I've always been an artist. Um, I've always enjoyed creating. And, um, so I, I started going, I, I got accepted to an art high school. And from there, I actually, I actually picked up photography and learned darkroom photography. And I photographed on film mainly. And then that kind of bled into into college where I, I went to Parsons and I studied photography for four years. So that, yeah, it began actually just with landscape photography and, you know, a lot of still life photography. And then mm-hmm. um, when I entered college, that's when I started live streaming. And that's when I became really intrigued with turning the camera onto myself and and mm-hmm. picturing yeah. my sexuality is because in a way it like bled into my live streaming life, which was very much like a big part of my life at the time. And like still. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it feel to like turn the camera on yourself? Like, did it change your relationship to, to your own body or to your art or what was that transition? Yes. I definitely think that I did it as a, as a way to explore my body Mm -hmm. because like before live streaming Mm -hmm. I really didn't even know what my body looked like I never really like looked at it and and I I think in a lot of ways it was because I was not not happy in my body in my skin and I was also Mm -hmm. sexuality was also very alien to me and kind of like I don't know it felt like it felt like a a bad thing and it made me I, I think I held a lot of shame surrounding like my sexuality and my body. And, and so for me as an artist, it took, it was, it was scary because then I was presenting this work mm-hmm. to like a classroom yeah. and yeah. my, my professors and, you know, and like really presenting myself in the nude and, and doing it in wow. a way. Yeah, in a way, it was like it was challenging me to celebrate my body and to feel comfortable in my skin and to also just like look at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I was gonna do this like for a living, I knew like I had to, I had to like go through my demons, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 How, what was that received like from like your professors in in the classroom setting? Like, what was the, you know, I guess 
not consequence, but were there consequences? And when, what was the reaction? Um, I think with with camming and any kind of like adult industry work, there is your pros and cons. You know, you, you're taking so many risks. And I think at the time I was actually, um, there was a lot of cyberbullying. There's a lot of like threads being written about me, like shaming me for the work that I did. Oh, and wow. it was like, yeah, it was really, it was really rough for me because I think at the time I hadn't prepared myself for it. So in a way I felt yeah, like yeah. it was like a bit of like a, a reclamation of my own body, of my own sexuality and, and picturing it the way I want to picture and presenting my body, how yeah. I choose rather how others chose to, um, right. you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. And when you because you had this art background, I think I mean, there's no denying that that's helped play a part in the style, like styling of your content and the approach you take to I guess pornography. It's like it's really hard to call what you make pornography to be honest. It's like <laughs> it's very high scale art. Mm-hmm. But um what what are your feelings on that? Like in when you were going through this journey, do you picture what you do as pornography? That's I guess that's my first question. Um, yes, I do. I think okay. I also okay. think that um, pornography and art isn't. It's not absolute. Like they're not one. They yeah. could be. They could be both. I mean, I feel like a lot yeah. of pornography is art. If if yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, there's so much. There's so much that goes behind the scenes of production of of producing a, a movie that, you know, a lot of times we don't, we, we make it look so easy that it doesn't seem so, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot that goes into it and there's usually a big production. So when, mm-hmm. when you're self-producing, you kind of learn to wear many hats and, and figure yeah, out how yeah. to, to do a lot of these things on your own. And, and that was like a, a learning process for me too, is like, figuring out, you know, I was, I, I, I was studying photography, photography. So I was, I knew that that was a strength of mine that I could like really like bring into live streaming at the time where like I started, I guess, 11 years ago, almost 12 now. And like at that time there wasn't really, there wasn't really like anyone using like a a high quality camera for their live streaming and and there was no like really like you know and I knew that that was a strength of mine I mean it was something that I had been studying for so Mm -hmm. long and like I've kind of you know I I think with anything like everyone can be good at photography you don't need four or you know seven years of university it's like it's just something it's it's like discipline and and learning to to do Mm -hmm. something by trial and error and I think like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. for me I had that I had that up my sleeve so I did have to learn like how to connect my my DSLR to my um yeah and that was like that was was yeah that took me I remember like I remember I was so inspired I like just stayed up all night like researching and like trying to figure out how I could do it and and then just playing around and but that's so funny. Mm-hmm. I just went through that process because I started uh, gaming. And so for gaming, I'll use a much higher quality camera to stream a professional camera versus camming. I'll just still use like a Logitech. But man, connecting a camera, that is a, a feat. Like that took me two weeks to figure out. 
<laughs> now that it's done, and if I ever move or like change my office, like it'll probably never go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. Um, and something that you mentioned too about inspiration, I'm curious, like what keeps you inspired as a content creator to put out new, beautiful, aesthetically, insanely beautiful, like just creative pieces? Because that's something I know I struggle uh-huh. with. Um, and I also find that there's kind of a balance of when something's very high quality, sometimes in my experience, it doesn't sell as well as something grainy and off a cell phone and very amateur. And I was curious if you had that as well. Um, that's a really good question. Um, I kind of feel like actually, I think it's important to talk about too, like in our industry now, um, especially in like self-producing OnlyFans producers and like cam girls and Twitch streamers and YouTubers and everyone who's like really like creating their own content for a living. We've kind of became a, a, a society or an industry addicted to like productivity. And then the, and yeah. it's like, it's, it's like kind of taking place where our self-worth should be like, we think our self-worth is so is dependent in like what we do, we try to do. And, and so we try mm-hmm. to do as much as we possibly can. And then this leads to like burnout and just like an exhausting yeah. lifestyle. And I think for me, mm-hmm. a lot of, in truth, I feel like when I have burnout, that's when I am the least creative and in truth, yeah. I feel like productivity should be like the result of inspiration. Like when someone is yeah. inspired, mm-hmm. the the productivity is takes no effort, and it's like yeah. it just comes into fruition. And it's so I think I think it comes back down to like self discipline also, and like finding something that you love that you're just so like that you you just feel mm-hmm. so excited about in your heart that like. Even mm-hmm. if you have like your trolls or people are just saying you're like, you know, terrible, or you're ugly or whatever, like that none of that, that, e- that you would still do it despite that, that even, mm-hmm. even through yeah. the shitty parts, even through the, you know, even through the burnout or even through the, you know, that like you just, it's just mm-hmm. like something that, that, that feels good that like, yeah, it, is an expression. Yeah, yeah. You have to find, mm-hmm. you have to find your, your your inspiration. And I think that's like, it's tough to be like, where can I find inspiration? You know, it's like, does it come from thin air? But I think it comes from loving what you're creating, like really feeling like there's a, like a purpose. And maybe that, then it comes back down to like finding what the purpose is for you in what you do. I love this idea though, like of, I I love this conversation about talking about productivity though. And this like um, push toward like, having so much content out all the time yeah. and what the cost of that right. is. Cause yeah. there is like a cost of that. And the cost is like burnout and lower quality of work. Yeah. Yeah. Of work. And I think that, um, you know, changing, I, I think that, um, shifting our focus from, um, being like content creators as if like, you know, content, like, like, like yeah. a machine to like, artists who are trying to like express something i think even if we just change that in our head it changes yeah. our relationship with work oh absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely that's a great point yeah. to make too. Mm-hmm. i'm curious for you and because of your high production value what is 
like you're if you're going to film and shoot content for a day, like what does that day look like? What is a day in life on a content producing Mm day? So usually for me, I I usually draw my inspiration from traveling and like bringing myself mm-hmm. into new spaces. And I think that the, 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 the people, the culture, the, the unfamiliar spaces, like that's what inspires me. That's what motivates mm-hmm. me. And that's like really my happiness. So I think like, yeah, I think when, when we, when we go back to the question of like productivity, like, okay, so if productivity comes from being inspired, then how do I become more inspired? And I think for me, and like from what I've been trying, because I've been trying to like answer these questions myself a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot and I've been thinking about mental health a lot. And I've been thinking about like, you mm-hmm. know, where is that balance? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, mm-hmm. what I've learned is that inspiration is actually the natural byproduct of allowing yourself to go in the direction of like your happiness. And mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most people think like, they're doing that and you know and they're 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 making this this money and and this money will make me feel happy you know but but rather it's like so you get this job that you or you do this thing that you don't feel inspired to do or you don't like doing because it gets you money and you believe that this money is going to be like the source of my happiness Mm -hmm. and you get there right and then you realize that like that's that's you know that that's actually that's it's you were all wrong all along it's like the opposite where you have to kind of go towards your happiness to find your inspiration Mm -hmm. and then that's like Mm -hmm. i think that's when that's when like true you creativity comes and that's where productivity comes Mm -hmm. so i guess that's like why i travel so much and why i've really like yeah put a lot of like my earning and my income into traveling and finding these beautiful locations and shooting in these beautiful locations and and putting myself in unfamiliar spaces because for me it was like maybe a little bit of an an addiction of wanting to find inspiration and Mm -hmm. wanting to constantly be inspired it sounds like you had a very like a the place you're speaking from feels like you've had a very personal experience with like seeking out these kind of answers like have you had, cause I just went through this in, in just yeah. well where this, like where I had a whole mental breakdown because I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't produce this much all the time. Yeah. I need to say no to something. Is, is that something you recently experienced? Um, I experience it all the time, even like till this day, I don't think I've like found all the answers, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. you know, but I still, I still struggle a lot. And like in the last few weeks, it's been a very difficult struggle because you know, I've lost like a, a, a friend recently and that's yeah. been really difficult, like grieving the loss of her because I found yeah. like there were a lot of similarities between me and her in that like mm-hmm. we had even like some similar friends. We were in the same like industry. We were like, you know, and, and like our last conversation, we were really diving deep into like like those struggles because they were, they, they were, we were, we were literally mirrors and it made me realize that like, we're really not alone in like the, yeah. the questions that we have in our head and the struggles that we're, we're having. And so, so yeah, mm-hmm. in the last few weeks, it's sort of like all I've been thinking about is like where, where we find that potential like happiness and like, mm-hmm. yeah. 
And, and is this the opposite of going in the direction mm-hmm. of happiness? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That resonates a lot with me. And that helps me feel like I have some direction just hearing you say that because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm very much about my business and I'm like a very high producer. And there was a time, especially in my premium Snapchat days, cause that was a, the bulk of my income for so long where I was like pumping out a video a day, a video a day, a video a day. And that was my obligation. And that's what kept my fans mm-hmm. around. And at a price of like 20 bucks a month, they're paying less than a dollar a day for my content yeah. that even at my lowest quality content, that's still a lot of my time. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of my, I like I'm a perfectionist. Like it's not mm-hmm. taking me no effort. It's clever, you know? Yeah. So I, um, I find that having that over my head and although mm-hmm. my fans would have are very appreciative of the amount I can put out, it's just, it's not worth what it puts on me, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's not worth the weight yeah. to carry it. So it's, it's really hard to find that balance. And I think that's a great lesson to teach people listening uh, about media yeah. production because that is something we all deal with and don't yeah. talk enough about. Yeah. And it is something we're all feeling. The pressure. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're sacrificing your current happiness for the promise of a future happiness, then you're, yeah. you're cutting off like that. You're cutting off feeling like happiness and feeling mm-hmm. ha- and feeling happiness now and mm-hmm. and yeah. you're gonna start to feel burnout and you're gonna stop feeling passionate about what you're doing and and I and and I think when you if you want to feel inspiration you have to allow yourself mm-hmm. to do what makes you happy and even yeah. if it because yeah. I think there is also you I think it's also important to talk about like there is a time where you plant the seed and where you water yeah. it and where you, you know, you, yeah. you're really like you're, there's a time to, to reap and there's a time mm-hmm. to sow. So yeah. I think there's mm-hmm. also that, like you have to find your, your inspiration, your happiness. You also have to know that, you know, you might not be making any sort of impact, like, or the impact you want, whether that's financially or like yeah. to, to touch people right. or to s- yeah. spread awareness or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is. And you have to, you have to really feel, you know, it has to be something yeah. you, that makes you feel passion. And if you don't know yeah. what that is yet, you have to try to figure out what it is and your productivity level will skyrocket. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where can people find you and your work? Um, can find me on Twitter. I'm Joey Kim TV. I'm also on Instagram, joeykim.tv. And you can find me on my site, joeykim.tv. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Thank so, you. Much. so much for coming on. This segment of today's episode is sponsored by sex.com one of the absolute best content creator platforms out there. It looks better than any other, has a higher level of security than any other, and boasts over 3 million unique visitors a day scrolling through viral looped adult short form videos. Sex.com is like, well, (laughs) sex itself. A lot of people do it. Some just do it much, much better than the others. Sex.com, if you're gonna do it, do it right. B. York is a lingerie and photography enthusiast. She's been an indie adult performer for the past six years and loves having an outlet to create with purpose and passion. She started sex work on Reddit and has grown into a multi-nominated creator. 
Her goal is to use her growing knowledge and creativity to show all bodies are worthy of feeling sexy and glamorous. When she is not perfecting her craft, she loves craft beer, traveling, trying new foods, and being fabulous. All right. Welcome to York to the podcast. We're super excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, Sure. I've been in the adult industry for about six and a half years now. Um, I started very low-key on Reddit um, and just kind of grew myself as a content creator, um, an adult performer, um, into the powerhouse that I I like to think that I am now. (laughs) That is an accurate description. (laughs) We actually haven't really talked about Reddit on this this podcast yet. Because that's an unusual place to get started. What was there like a, like, was that intentional or is that just how it kind of organically came to be? Like, what was, was it a choice? Why were you on Reddit? Yeah, why'd you start there? (laughs) I I only ask that because I cannot figure out how to use Reddit. Like, I hate it. It doesn't like me. No, it doesn't like me either. I mean, it doesn't always like me. So the moderator just don't like me. They like kick me off of everything. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can definitely help. Um, <laughs> always be nice to the mods. They work hard. I promise. Sometimes they're jerks, but um, but I was a redditor before, um, a very avid redditor. Um, and really, there's a subreddit for everything everything Mm -hmm. um and it started off because i was also in the middle of cleaning out my closet um and i had i was selling off a lot of my old clothes that didn't fit um but then i had all these panties um oh and it felt like such a shame to just (laughs) toss them um so i did my research because you know there's information everywhere on reddit Mm -hmm. um and of course there's a dedicated subreddit just for the sale of panties. Um, and that's actually my first dabbling into um, sex work. Um, wow. And from there, it was learning the other like adjacent um, sex work re- uh, subs and um, building up what other things I offered along with panties. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just, will you make a video? Uh, sure. Yeah. I'll yeah. make a video. Will yeah. you sext with me? Will you have a cam session with me? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, until eventually I had um, enough clips built up to set up a many vids mm-hmm. um, account. And that was four or five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's interesting. That's not usually the, the story, how it unfolds. That's, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. So for those who might not be as familiar with you, if there's any left, um, <laughs> when, you, when you put out content, you are all self-produced content. Yes. Everything okay. from start to finish is me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Because your stuff is so creative and beautiful, too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I still have a long, long ways to, to learn and go, but it's getting there. How did you like, so, you know, you said that this started kind of small. Did you teach yourself how to do all of like the camera and the lighting? And how did you do all of that? Um, Well, in the beginning, if anyone looks back to my earlier videos, which they're all still out there and they do still still sell almost as well as my newer stuff. um, I didn't actually know any of it mm-hmm. um my the lighting is terrible and it's so cringeworthy looking looking back on mm-hmm. some of my older work but you know 
people aren't necessarily buying it for for that thing. Yeah. That's how we feel about the first half of season one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's always how it goes. It's like you realize and you look back like, ooh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the things I like to complain about is that um, at least when I started out, there's no like easy textbook of yeah. like, Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're going to be an indie adult content creator. Right. These are mm-hmm. the things that you are probably going to want to learn and need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I don't know. I just wish my family had sent me to art school. Um, <laughs> so I would know everything I needed about mm-hmm. um, video production and, and all of that. Yeah. Um, because there's just, it, it was a lot of learning on the go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's so many people's stories is that like, we just had to start learning how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much magic and just doing the thing and then just practice makes perfect. You know, you do it more and more, you get yeah. better, you see what you could have done better. Um, I'm curious too, because we've had this conversation before. Like I'm very much like, I, I like to produce high quality content. I like to be very creative and beautiful with my content, but that stuff rarely sells as well as when I like a cell phone clip from a bathroom or like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like something very grainy and dark and not lit at all. Like that is what flies Mm -hmm. off the shelves. I'm wondering if that's your experience as well. Uh, At least when it comes to like, especially Twitter engagement and stuff, they seem to love Yeah, actually and Reddit as well. Um, They always love the very, very like no makeup, simple selfie, um, but like something that I spent hours doing and editing. Um, But yeah, it's kind of across the board where people like that. I think that that very like girl next door amateur feel um which is kind of tough because like i'm now in a spot where i really do love putting all the like love and hard work into creating something aesthetically perfect yeah fortunately i have a good enough fan base that appreciates that as well so (laughs) yeah (laughs) i appreciate that on your twitter and instagram and i was uh one of the things that you do that i really like is the sort of um uh the time lapse the time lapse like videos where you show like how you built your set and stuff so what kind of work goes into i mean it looks like a tremendous amount of work goes into yeah, all of your and money sets. how expensive is that <laughs> <laughs> um i mean it adds up but you know i i it's just money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully the sales justify yeah, yeah. yes uh, definitely I, I would not invest as much into all the fun equipment and mm-hmm. lingerie if it was not sustainable right, um, right. or I might but <laughs> <laughs> uh, who am I kidding I invest in lingerie <laughs> PJ's like how many things do you have and I was like not a lot a lot like I haven't even seen this ever and I'm like okay all right (laughs) (laughs) I was going through my uh, laundry closet and I was like oh wow I really haven't worn this in a while Uh, and then I have like this whole rack of new stuff that is like oh this is going into next month's stuff oh wait okay I need to I need to like dial it back a bit um but as for like setting up sets I wouldn't say it's like super intensive in comparison to like some some people that I follow on Instagram that um, do amazing work. Uh, but, you know, it still takes some advanced planning um, and 
I would say like an hour or so to just make sure the lighting's perfect. Um, I have the backdrop and like all the props the way I want them. Um, and like little things like that. What does your like normal day look like? Uh, it depends on what kind of day it is. Uh, so usually there's like a photo set day um, or like a video production day. For photo sets, it's, you know, normal, get ready, make myself pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had, if I was smart enough, I like had set everything up the day before so I can just walk in, get changed mm-hmm. and get the ball rolling of like test shots and, and going. Um, if not, then, you know, of course I have to like, set it up, play with the lights, um, do my test shots. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a lot of just, I have the um, inner roll timer on my camera and, you know, it's just like trial and error. Like, oh, took 50 shots, scroll through them real quick. Okay, what did I like? What what can I change? Redo it a few more times until like I get like a money shot. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... Do you have an LED, like a, a, sorry, a screen where you can see yourself like almost the way like a front facing camera would be. Do you have uh, my camera now? has the small flip screen. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's only like this. So I can yeah. only be so far away. Um, I think my next toy that I want to invest in is mm-hmm. like one of the nice little LEDs to put on top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Or doing it like the authentic way and have my like laptop um, with it and be like a true pro photog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> someday. Yeah. yeah. But usually it takes like a few hours, I want to say, um, because I have to go back, walk back, mm-hmm. repose, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and then break everything down and, and um, upload it and edit it. When it comes to videos, pretty similar, just in a different space um, where I kind of plot out what I need to film. I have my outfit set up hopefully the day before um, to make it that much easier and um, have my lights all ready to go and just start rolling. Um, Clean up after it's all done and edit. So I'm I'm surprised because like I know for my personally when I shoot especially if I'm doing something a little bit more like over the top with like a makeup look or like a costume look which is rare but if I do something like that I always shoot photo sets with my video so I get photos in the look do you do that because it sounds like you separate your shoot days I they are very different and I think I I've I know that you've mentioned this um in in one of your like um one of like the uh, I can't think of the name. It was either at like Why Not or something. Oh, yeah. No, or, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and I've thought about that I should I should <laughs> be more strategic. <laughs> um, but it's hard for me to like separate because I like kind of compartmentalize. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wow. I can't talk today. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I compart- compartmentalize. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And like, if I'm in like photo mode, I really think about just photos and like, because the lighting's different. um, There's like a little bit more to it. And it's usually done in a different space. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I'm filming, it's, um, you know, like there's, there's like a a checkbox of like shots and, and it's a different lens. It's, 
know, there's different things that go on. I think so it's I can't probably think. different too, because you're shooting with a pro camera versus like I, I've given up. I, I mean, I have access to those because my husband's a photographer, but I've given up that process because for me, if I, if it's not easy to do and quick to do, I won't do it. Like I know yeah. this about myself mm-hmm. now. So like I'm shooting everything from iPhone and I'll play like, I'll go into slow-mo or I'll go into different settings on my iPhone to get some of those shots the way I would want it shot professionally. Mm-hmm. But like, I know, and I think that's probably why it makes more sense to sh- shoot differently because your a camera setup is different for video than for photo mm-hmm. and the lighting, like you mentioned. So that makes more sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I have like super fancy equipment, but with the interchangeable lenses and like yeah. different lighting. Yeah. It, yeah. I just, when I'm in one mode, I don't think about the other, even though I totally should. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was doing, when I created a lot of content was like, I just pulled like when I was doing the editing, I just did screen grabs of like places that looked good and then Mm -hmm. would put those out as like pictures. That's smart. I would like cheat though, because I would also like pull the audio out of videos if they were like JOIs or um, or things like that. And then, repackage and sell them as like audios too. I'm going to put that in the sex work CEO course. Yeah. I used to do that all the time. And then I, you'd have to edit it differently because you'd like, you can't leave long pauses that are visual, yeah, you know, but yeah. you just like edit, pull the, pull the audio, re-edit it just as audio yeah. and then like put it out as audio products. That's smart. That's I'm so learning. smart. Oh, but gosh. yeah, I mean, I, I don't do anything anymore, but like, <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't do content. But like, yeah, but I used to do that because I like to reuse the same thing in like different ways because there's different audiences for for different mediums. Yeah. And I was wondering if like you found that, like, do you get different audiences for your photo sets than your videos? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, There are people that follow me just for the artsy photos Mm -hmm. and love that. There's those that like go wild over like my lazy Sunday, no makeup nonsense um and then there's those that like are super loyal to every video that i've ever made um (laughs) and and yeah it's just try and try and get a little bit for everybody and Mm -hmm. and just continue to make stuff that i still enjoy making Yeah. yeah what's your favorite thing to do I would say it's probably photo sets now Mm -hmm. um, just because I have the most to learn um, as far as like perfecting the way I want it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I'm refinding, finding my old love for cinematography and filming um, Mm -hmm. that I once had now that I feel a little bit more comfortable um, with some of the things that I was struggling with. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give to like new people who want to create content? Like if you were going to say like, this is where you should start, what would you say? Uh, (laughs) Um, uh, I don't tell them just run away. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, I would say learn the basics on your phone and get really comfortable with that Mm -hmm. before overwhelming yourself with anything fancier than that. Um, Yeah. I, yeah, I, I did all of my content for, well, I actually only got my camera two years ago and that was my very first digital camera Mm -hmm. that wasn't like a silly little point and shoot in my early twenties. So it was a big learning curve for me that I didn't know would I would have to face. Um, so I think just starting out on your phone, you can mm-hmm. you can you can be very successful. Yeah, doing everything from your phone. 
Yeah. Cameras on there are amazing. Um, I would say start there, then learn about color editing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, color correction and and light editing. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, learn about the basics from there and then let yourself evolve. What's your favorite part of the job? I would say the creativity that I get to have in my work um, Mm -hmm. is probably one of the biggest things. Because I can just, I don't know, I can pull creativity, I I can pull inspiration from just about anything and anywhere um, and then make it into something that's relevant and and fun. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's a good place to end. Where can people find your work? Um, The easiest thing is probably to just Google Bjork and wherever, wherever you want to, you can find... um, (laughs) Find what's most relevant mm-hmm. uh, to your needs. But I would probably say my favorite platform uh, is probably Instagram because it's where I can post my prettier pictures. Yeah. Um, and that would be you, Bjork. Nice. The you is because I started out on Reddit yeah. and because Bjork was taken. Oh. <laughs> and that happens. <laughs> I feel awesome. really bad about that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with us. Yes, this was great. Yes, thank you so much for having me. All right, well, it was fun to chat with you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Today's episode is sponsored by ePlay, an adult live streaming platform creating an online ecosystem for creators to engage with their fans that's easy, exciting, and empowering. At ePlay, you earn 80% of revenue on everything from live streaming to private messages with your fans to your sub club membership fan site. ePlay even allows you to earn money while you sleep with offline tips. Do what makes you excited, take control of your business, content, voice, and freedom. As a creator, consider joining ePlay today. All right, so this is an announcement that I want to make. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. No, I um, we actually just spent a lot of time this season talking about like time management, and um, I am going to let on the horizon go on without me. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't plan on doing it forever, which yes. was like what I mean. So it's not that big of a surprise. I wanted to get this go off the ground with mm-hmm. Melrose. Um, she reached out to me before we started this and was like, I'm looking for a co-host for like her podcast. Yeah. And then we just decided instead, like, let's just create something that new yeah. instead of me just like coming on hers. And so um, we made it two seasons, which I think is awesome. Really but awesome. yeah, but I'm in the middle of like finishing my book and trying to launch that. And I want to go on a book tour when it's done and um, just have a bunch of stuff going on. So yeah, we ha- we've had a lot of discussions amongst ourselves privately about like saying no to things and like yeah. taking things off of our plate. And I'm, certainly uh completely understanding of her needs at this point with with her book and everything she's got going on um i'm in the same season just with different things that i'm saying no to yeah so mm-hmm. although it's a goodbye for now jesse will be back at some point <laughs> in some capacity yeah i, will, uh, I mean i want to come back i want to be a friend of the show a friend of the show yeah. our resident uh 
yeah, bestie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe yeah. you will co-host a future season. But um, mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too much about what's next. There are some things in the work, maybe a new co-host. Mm-hmm. So you will have to tune in to season three to find out more. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all the support that you've, like, yes. given us. I've loved doing this show. I'm not, you know leaving because I don't want to do it. She's breaking up with me. No, No, I'm not breaking up with her. Um, I'm not breaking up with her. I just, you know, have to work on some other projects. I'm just becoming a side chick. That's all. (laughs) Maybe that. Maybe that a little bit. But that's okay. So um, we wanted to let you know in a formal capacity and let you know there's no ill will. This is all mutual and consensual. Yeah. Um, But yeah. I want great things for On the Horizon. I love the show. I love our branding. We came up with everything together and... I want to see it go on thrive. into the world and thrive. So yes. I'm happy to be a part of the the sprouting of this podcast. You planted the seed and you nurtured it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, uh, we but, will obviously be missed, especially all of the academic things that I can't bring to the table. Uh, um, but maybe our new co-host could supplement some of that. Yeah, so yeah. So, stay tuned and uh, we will see you next season. Well, I will. Yeah, you will. I will. I'll, 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 and I'll, this, I'll watch. Yeah, she will be a viewer, a listener, and a fan, I hope. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Bye Thank guys. you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Jesse Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at sapiotextual and at jessiesage.com. And I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. Just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast on Apple, please leave us a five-star rating and review because it really helps us to grow as a podcast and better share information from our guests to the sex work community as a whole. Last but not least, if you want to support the podcast, please go to anchor.fm forward slash horizon, spelled W-H-O-R-I-Z-O-N, to become a premium subscriber of On the Horizon, which unlocks two bonus episodes on the 8th and 22nd of each month with tons of extra exclusive footage from ourselves and our guests.